Uh, as we mentioned off the top, today is Earth Day. And uh, over the next uh, three hours, uh, we're going to look at uh, different ways that different people, different businesses are, are trying to do what they can uh, to help uh, make our planet a better place. Uh, our first guest tonight is uh, Canon Bryan. He's the chief financial officer of uh, Terrestrial Energy. And we're going to talk about how, how nuclear energy uh, might play a role in reducing Canada's emissions and making, uh, uh, making a difference in the future. Uh, Canon, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Shane, Thanks for inviting me. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I want to ask you something first off. So I, I just mentioned when I was a kid, I was watching Guy Lafleur, but also uh, when I was a kid, you know, I think it was 1979, uh, there was Three Mile Island, uh, there was the China Syndrome movie, and it became kind of just in a, uh, through media, it became, oh, no, maybe nuclear power isn't the way to go. It's scary. It's not good. It's, and ever since then, that's left an imprint on me. But obviously, things have changed in the decades that have passed. Uh, is nuclear energy the answer? Well, I certainly think it is. I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've been involved in, in nuclear energy for the last um, nearly 20 years now. But before I got involved in nuclear energy, I was an environmentalist. And I've been a card-carrying, monthly dues-paying member of the Green Party of Canada since 2002, uh, two years before I got into nuclear. So I've, I, I've studied nuclear, uh, like I said, for the last 20 years, all day, every day, and I'm not afraid of it. I don't think it's something that people should be afraid of. It's not, it shouldn't be scary. I know that to some people it is scary, but all I can say is I know a lot about it and I'm not scared of it. And it, it's, uh, it is a tremendous solution for, for clean energy. Is that, before we get into the, the, the benefits, um, is that the perception, do you find you've spent, as you said, two decades, and, and you talk and you meet people all the time, is there a perception that it is dangerous? Is that the, I don't want to say the, the majority, but is that sense out there? Uh, well, undoubtedly it is. All I can say is that I work with people in the industry, uh, and the, the people that know the most about nuclear energy are the, are the ones that are the least afraid of it. So that should tell you something about what people should and should not be afraid of. No, that makes good uh, sense. So in layman's terms, uh, just for those listening, how, how is nuclear energy created? How does it work? <laughs> well, uh, I'll try to s simplify as much as possible. Yeah. You Basically, don't want to lose me. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it, what happens is, uh, an, an atom of certain types of atoms, like um, uranium atoms, for example, uh, if you can split them in half, uh, then what happens is a, a, a tremendous amount of energy is released. And um, just to give you a sense of how much energy, one atom of uh, one uranium atom splitting releases 200 million times more energy than one hydrocarbon uh, molecule. So, so, and of course the world is, is run on, on hydrocarbons. You know, the, 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 the global energy system is, is uh, over 80% powered by fossil fuels. So uh, you, that, that should give you an idea of how much, how rich an energy source nuclear energy is. Uh, but there's no combustion when you split an atom. There's no combustion. There's just... Um, a release of, of heat 
and that heat can be used to uh, uh, heat water, or it could be, uh, if it's a, one of the new technologies, uh, it can be harnessed in other ways, and it can be used directly in, in industrial applications that require heat. Uh, we're talking with Canon uh, Bryan, Chief Financial Officer of Terrestrial Energy. So I, I imagine, as you said, in the two decades you've been at, the technology must be changing as it does with everything in our daily lives, it must be changing in uh, leaps and bounds. Well, it, as far as the industry concern is concerned, it, uh, it actually hasn't changed that much uh, since civilian nuclear energy first started in, in 1956. Now, in the last decade, there, there's been a whole bunch of new companies that have finally realized that, oh, but wait, there are better ways of doing nuclear energy uh, that are less costly and safer and generating less waste and, and so forth. So uh, I think the, the, the world is about to see uh, a whole bunch of newer and better ways of, of doing nuclear energy. And uh, I think the market is, is going to respond to that as well. You know what, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's get into some of those uh, technologies and especially what terrestrial energy is working on and how, as you said, less costly, safer, less waste. Those are all things that I'm sure uh, people love to hear. Uh, You're listening to a little more conversation. I'm Shane Foxman. We'll be back right after this. Ben is off this week. My name is Shane Foxman. Thanks for spending part of your Friday evening with us. Uh, What are you doing uh, to do your part to uh, help the planet? Maybe you're riding your bike to work three times a week, uh, some sort of recycling program. Uh, 877-399-9898 is the text line. We'll get to some of your texts a little bit later in the show. Uh, We'll continue our conversation with Canon Bryan, uh, Chief Financial Officer, Terrestrial Energy. Uh, Canon, you mentioned before the break, people are discovering there's better ways, uh, again, to uh, when it comes to nuclear energy, less costly, safer, less waste. Uh, give us a sense of, of, of what's out there, what the possibilities are. Well, a lot of people don't realize this, but nuclear energy is a, a galaxy of different uh, flavors of ice cream. There's, there's a, a multitude of different ways of doing nuclear energy. And, uh, but there's only been really one way that it's been done in industry uh, since 1956. So these new designs uh, that are coming to the market now, uh, basically the difference, the, the main difference is uh, that the, the old way of doing nuclear uh, involves a low temperature system. In other words, it's delivering low temperature, uh, it's a low temperature in the form of a coolant to, uh, to an, uh, a power conversion system. And the new way of doing it is high temperature. Well, people say, well, what's the difference? Who cares? Well, um, it is a, very important, actually, because when you, ha- when you can generate high temperature heat, uh, it means that it's, it's a far more efficient way of making electricity, for example, uh, but it's also a form of energy that can be used for something else besides electricity. And that's really, really important, uh, especially for emissions, because electricity is, is actually only a pretty small part of total energy. Uh, so primary manufacturing industry, that represents 30% of global emissions. And right now, that's over 99% powered by fossil fuels. Now, if there were a high-temperature 
energy system that was carbon free and low cost that could deliver that high temperature heat to industrial processes. Well, that would be a massive, massive game changer. And that is precisely what these new nuclear technologies are doing. Uh, so ter- terrestrial energy uh, system, uh, it is a high temperature system. And um, the interesting thing about it is that the fuel, the uranium, is actually in the form of a liquid. So it's a, it's a uranium liquid salt. And the great thing about that is if you have a liquid fuel, it means that it can't melt down, right? Because it's already melted. Right. So, so that is a, a, a major innovation. It's a safety innovation. And safety innovation drives cost innovation. So when you say it's liquid, what, was, what is it prior to that? It, or not prior to that. What are we using now? Rods? We are using... So the, the current uh, formulation of nuclear energy involves a, a metallic uranium fuel, uh, and it's cooled by water. And water is actually not a particularly good way of doing energy because it has a low boiling point, uh, 100 degrees C, as, as we all know. And that's really not very efficient for making energy. And metal, uranium metal, of course, uh, if anything goes wrong, it could, it could possibly uh, overheat and, and maybe melt. Um, it's hardly ever happened in history, but it's a possibility. It's a risk. And so you can take a, you can eliminate that risk by having a fuel that's already melted. What about uh, you know? There was talk, obviously, uh, originally, and again, I go back to my youth as growing up when I start hearing about nuclear energy and, and everything. Uh, the, the the waste, what to do with the waste? So does this, as you said, is it less waste this way? And, and why is it less waste? Is that because it's a liquid form too? Uh, well, it's a bit technical, but w- yeah. what I will say about waste is. In the, in the history of civilian nuclear energy, going back to 1956, uh, you know, there's been over 60 years of emission-free energy, 19,000 reactor years of clean electricity, and the grand total number of people that have been injured, sick, or killed from nuclear waste is precisely zero. So... Uh, that may surprise a lot of your listeners, and uh, that, but that is a fact. And uh, that is uh, when zero people have, have been injured and, and zero ecosystems have been impacted, that is the opposite of a problem. Right, no. That I- is the opposite <laughs> of dangerous. It is, uh, that is, that is, uh, all energy comes with waste, right? Uh, I mean, we all know about the waste that comes from fossil fuels. Uh, it's, it's, changing our, it's changing our planetary atmosphere, for God's sakes. It's killing 7 to 13 million people per year. Uh, and even solar panels have waste. Uh, you know, wind turbines have waste. Every form of, there's no such thing as energy without waste. But the, pretty much the best waste you could ever hope for is nuclear waste because it has never hurt anybody. It's, to, it's every single milligram of it has, is accounted for since the beginning of the uh, atomic era. And uh, it's, it's safely stored, and it will be um, forever. So I, I, think that's a, I think that's a pretty good, a pretty good safety well, that, that, That's and, a good stat. That's a good stat. That's for sure, 0%, or 0. Um, what's, what's the biggest obstacle moving forward, then, for, uh, for nuclear energy? 
Well, it sure is perception, yeah. uh, Shane. I mean, there people think that there's all sorts of problems with nuclear energy. People think that it's too costly. Uh, in fact, nuclear power plants operate for uh, 60 or maybe 80 or possibly even up to 100 years. We actually don't know because we haven't tested the limits yet. Uh, and when you, when you operate a, a power plant or an industrial facility for that long, well, the costs amortized over time get really, really low. So that's just perception. People think there's a perception with safety, uh, a, a safety risk. I mean, the, the data proves otherwise. People think there's a problem with waste. Nobody's ever been hurt by waste. It's, it's the, uh, by far and away the smallest footprint of any energy waste and with the least, um, uh, with the least health and ecosystem impact of any energy waste. That is the opposite of a problem. So that's perception. So all these, all these things are really just misperception. That, and that, that is, that's the biggest um, hurdle for the, the broad um, further deployment of, of nuclear energy, really. Cannon, thanks so much for your time tonight. We really appreciate, appreciate it and uh, good luck in the future. Thanks very much, Shane.